not be back. I might be in jail. I might be anywhere. But when I leave, you can remember I said with the last words on my lips that I am a revolutionary. And you're going to have to keep on saying that. You're going to have to say that I am a proletarian. I am the people. I'm not the pig. You've got to make a distinction. And the people are going to have to attack the pig. The people are going to have to stand up against the pig. That's what the pastors are doing. That's what the pastors are doing. Well, I, Karthik, how are you? <laughs> I am all right. I, I'm uh, kind of nervous, I have to say, because uh, we're used to doing the show on a computer and podcast mics and everything, and now we're like tuning into it from the phone. It's kind of like we're talking to each other on the phone, but like there's also an audience that's a little bit like nerve-wracking. That's why I feel like we kind of need to talk to the audience like they're also in on the call. Um, we wanted to make sure that we have a... Uh, an option uh, for you guys to call soon enough. Uh, but for now, we kind of wanted to walk you through the format of the show and the point of why we're doing doing this, et cetera. So, uh, Marcus, do you want to uh, get yeah, started with which, that? Yeah, um, which I guess it was about a, maybe a year ago now. Or, you know, it's hard to tell because uh, time's a flat circle um, uh, with COVID and everything like that. But some time ago, uh, after we we had been introduced through um, this is Revolution podcast, and just uh, like we, I mean, I feel like we talk on the phone a lot, <laughs> just having conversations about you know different shit in life. Uh, but one of the things that we got kind of caught on was the importance of culture in a movement. Um, and I mean, like to say that the culture is important in, in life, you know, it helps people uh, secure their own identity, you know, within their within their community. Um, but as far as a movement that's going back past, you know, individual communities, as far as a movement that's really supposed to be international in nature, what does it mean for an artist to be revolutionary and feed that culture? Um and so through those, you know, talks, we ended up just, just saying, like, why don't people do this and have these discussions and try and uplift, you know, revolutionary voices in in the music industry, but, you know, art overall. Um, and then so we, 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 we just came up with revolutionary tracks and we just started doing it on our own. Um, and this is kind of like one of the interesting things that I remember saying to you is that, like, it'd be even nice if someone way smarter and more charismatic than I am would, would do this and talk about these musicians and artists, you know what I'm saying? Cause I'm not a musician. Like I am a fan, you know? Um, but I recognize the importance of it all. Uh, but that's why we started the show is because yeah, this is important. There's a lot of great history um, and important people uh, but also, I think what we're trying to get to is that there are people on the ground right now who are doing dope shit and making dope music that could help feed the movement. And we just wanted to highlight that. You know, uh, that's kind of like basically a good jumping off point for me, I suppose, because uh, the the real, like, I guess, like impetus for me to want to do something like this, I've always like really romanticize the idea of like discovering musicians. There's something really beautiful about uh, finding musicians who are outside the mainstream, uh, who don't like have, you know, a million fans swooning over them, um, etc. who don't like fill Madison Square Garden. 
so to say. And I really like the idea of, uh, I, since I was a kid, like really this was a major theme uh, growing up. And then I slowly realized that like essentially all the all that pop music is, is that it's a club. Uh, it's a club. It's a network of people who kind of like um, are backed by the same institutions and they promote each other. Um, and that's what pop culture is. Uh, something about the movement, and when I say movement, like I mean, like in, in the United States, I guess like the big movement uh, in the present day is a move away from mainstream media into little independent pockets of like media consumption. And given the potential that exists because of uh, the number of people who are like kind of getting sick and tired of, uh, I mean, yesterday uh, with all of the, the, the Supreme Court leak and everything, there was the Met Gala going on. Uh, almost like tonelessly, uh, sorry, in a tone deaf sort of way, like ridiculously, like why the fuck are we even paying attention to these people anymore? Um, and why aren't we, you know, uh, listening to music that are ma- that is made by people like us? And uh, essentially, Marcus and I are average guys, um, like just run of the mill standard people living in um, average society. Um, and uh, we're basically trying to find musicians who live lives like that. And uh, we want to listen to these musicians. And you realize that, like, these musicians make some pretty uh, kick-ass music. Um, and that's one of the things that we wanted to highlight in th- from the beginning, that these aren't just musicians who are making songs that you play at, like, strikes and, you know, union drives and uh, protests and whatnot. These are also songs that you can listen in your kitchen, dance around the kitchen, listening to it, dance in the bathroom, sing along, you know, do karaoke's on. Um, rap along, etc. And these are musicians who are actually lively, energetic, who would actually nourish you if you listen to them. And that's kind of what we wanted to put together. Um, because f- for sure, pop culture ain't doing that. And I think that like we can, we can all agree that pop culture could be uh, seen exclusively as like a, a source of like candy. Um, it's, it's not healthy for you. Uh, it's, it's, it's a gossip machine. It's, it's, anything but like something that uh, is actually good for your soul. Um, and from that point of view, it's not just like, we're not just going to play angry, fiery music that's going to get you worked up. Sure, we'll play a lot of that that type of stuff, but we'll uh, make sure that the curation that we do here is uh, stuff that you can, you know, that's going to get stuck in your head and you can't forget. <laughs> Which, and that's something that um, I think was, was really dope with uh, our last one, Mariah Parker. Um, and there's some, yeah, some of the, 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 the feel good music, you know, that's also good for you. Um, which is something that, uh, I, you know, like, I don't know, you don't, you don't get that <laughs> in a lot of ways, in a lot of areas. Um, and I don't know. And actually, like, this might be a good transition into the, the music that we've selected to kind of just check out tonight. Mm-hmm. Um, and talk about one of the songs that I left off. Okay. Um, so, okay. Um, which is an interesting thing. So, like, when we start this whole thing, uh, Karthik and I would, like, we each choose five tracks from an artist, you know, that became, like, a two-hour, two-and-a-half-hour <laughs> thing. We busted it out of five songs, but uh, we each wanted to choose five revolutionary songs or, you know, to, to try and, like, talk about tonight. Um, but uh, From history. Them, from, yeah, throughout history, yes, yes, yes. yes. But I think as we move forward, we're going to be, you know, artists that are making music right now right um but uh so one of the ones that i left off was uh was uh dead prez hip-hop um which is a song all about 
the importance of music and all about the, the, the how fucking fake and disgusting labels are and how they'll they bastardize it, you know? Um, and that's what allows people to make a difference between rap music and hip hop, you know, like some people draw that 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 delineage um along those lines. But um independent music, the the importance of being independent, um, not being corporate, uh is I, I think that's like probably like the lowest bar to cross, right? Like that's like the easiest line to cross um, as far as like what makes an artist revolutionary. But really like that's kind of like the biggest thing is that are you outside of corporate owned music and allowing yourself to actually be free, right? And make music for people and not for corporations. Um, but yeah. Yeah. I mean, uh, that's that's like the first, I mean, we had this uh, set of criteria that we had to choose between uh, because, you know, like, especially, I mean, and, and I'll be like completely straight up about this, um, especially after the, the, the Beyonce Super Bowl performance or whatever, um, there has been like this uptick on, in like the number of celebrity musicians who kind of like cosplay as, uh, as revolutionaries. Uh, and like all that they have to do is raise the fist a couple of times and then like they're suddenly like doing Black Panther tributes and everything, uh, which kind of became like a it's it's a cottage industry. I mean, I would say this is even a mainstream industry right now. Um, and one of the things that we wanted to make sure is, A, yes, the, the artist has to be independent because if you're uh, serving or if you're working under one of these corporate labels, then automatically you are um, incentivizing or like you are, you are essentially making money for people who you are supposedly against. And that's a contradiction that I, I feel like nobody's even processing seriously enough. And secondly, um, that also means that you will have to kind of make sure that the money that you make is not going to those people. So who is it going to go to? Is it just going to enrich yourself? Does that necessarily make you a re revolutionary musician? You know, like if you're making music about... Uh, about how workers should rise up and uh, seize the means of production and everything. Um, the, and, and you put everything in your pocket, like, uh, like it was recently revealed about the, the, the BLM industrial complex. Uh, does that mean that uh, the, the, the acts and the, the kind of work that you produce is uh, revolutionary? Um, so the second thing that I think we, we wanted to land on is where is your money going do you put your money where your mouth is? Do you actually serve the community? Um, I know as an artist, it's really kind of crazy to expect an artist to do much else other than like, you know, make really good music and um, entertain people and uplift uh, people spiritually. But uh, especially if you start making the big bucks, then it all it almost becomes like a necessity for you. Uh, it's a requisite at that point for you to like start giving back to society, not just in a charitable way, but in a more empowering way. Um, and that's something that we started looking at uh, in artists. Um, so I don't know if this is a good moment for us to like actually start playing the tracks that we got lined up because the yeah. first one that we have going yeah. is probably the best example of who we uh, would consider a revolutionary artist. Uh, the copper pulses killed you, Joe. They shot you, Joe, says I. Takes more than guns to kill a man, says Joe, I didn't die. Says Joe, I didn't die. And
Standing there as big as life and smiling with his eyes, says Joe what they can never kill. Went on to organize, went on to organize. From San Diego up to Maine, in every mine and mill, where working men defend their rights, it's there. Find your hill. It's there you'll find your That was uh, Paul Robeson with Joe Hill. Joe Hill is an old uh, folk song. I, I actually, this is ridiculous, but uh, I don't remember who wrote the song. But it's about it's about this um, striking worker who was shot and killed by uh, the bosses. Uh, Back in the day, I mean, like even right now, the union busting tactics are pretty extensive. But uh, back in the day, they actually killed people. And uh, these were like pretty serious um, incidents that happened. And uh, Paul Robeson singing this is just like incredible because not just because he has such a booming voice that can uh, capture literally anybody who's paying attention um, in in the first place, but also because... He is literally the, uh, I'm reading a book, uh, we're both reading a book. Uh, and in fact, like that might kind of be a spoiler a, a, a little bit, but uh, a, a book by Dr. Gerald Horn in which he is described as the best known American in the world. And that's not an understatement because this is like your Jay-Z, this is your um, you this know, is Obama. Yeah, yeah, this is Beyonce, basically. Yeah. And like, this is someone who had a career like that NFL athlete um, and uh, football star, actor, uh, Broadway star and uh, world renowned singer, like Sinatra level famous, crazy and uh, just gets exiled from the country during the McCarthy era. And that's just so wild. And like he stuck to his uh, principles. And he stuck to what he believed in. He stuck to the uh, the idea of uh, what what he describes as a commonwealth, a socialist commonwealth, an internationalism that doesn't just limit itself to a form of shallow patriotism that ends within the borders of his country of birth. He was opposed to Jim Crow uh, apartheid, um, and he was vocal about it, uh, even when it completely ruined his career. Um, and like, you know, compare that with all of the people who kind of scream at the slightest, uh, you know, pushback in terms of like censure or uh, consequences for actions and so on. So this is like one of the most iconic people uh, in the history uh, of the world, probably. And uh, this is, uh, you know, some unexpected Which, principles. Like the more I think about uh, Paul Robeson and how how popular he was, right? Just just off of, like, world-renowned popularity. And, and at this time, too, it was like, he was like, he had to go to the UK. He became famous in the UK and then was able to return to the United States and, you know, continue on his career. Um, but the thing that I, 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 I firmly believe it now is that, A, if Beyonce did something... That was against the main, you know, against the mainstream wishes. All of the, you know, <laughs> all of the Beyonce fans 
would probably turn on her and leave her out to dry. Um, and that's it. It's like, so Paul Robeson was like the most famous American, right? At the time, it was like he was the most known American citizen. And the thing is, too, is like, you've got to ask, like, was this just the most famous person in the world, maybe? You know? Yeah. Um, probably in the running, top 10, you know? Um, but now, there, and even still, it's like when you learn about black history, you don't learn about Paul Robeson. Paul Robeson isn't really the names that they'll even put forward. And the thing is, too, is because he crossed the line, you know? <laughs> he, he had actually crossed the line. And then you, you could hear, if you listen to his speeches and uh, radio interviews, any of his things, his absolute undying affection for the Soviet Union and what it did for black people was a take, or was a, 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 a yeah, it was a take he was not willing to step away from. You know, he was not willing to step back from. Um, to the point where, yeah, he, he was in some McCarthy hearings and all of that stuff. So, a, incredible human being. Very excited, you know, uh, for what we got coming up with, with, with uh, to, to talk about Paul Robeson. But I think it, it, it shows, A, that, like, for one, it's possible, right, for, for people to be not only popular, but also, you know, like, completely steeped in the movement. Um, but But also the fact is, too, is that even with all that fame, once the United States government and all those McCarthyites got the fucking claws in, like he he had to go away, and they're what like that, and that's it, that's it, and that's all, you know, um, right. So yeah, yeah, and like uh, I think the 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 best thing about Paul Robeson though is that um, even even if his career went away, even everything um, slipped out of not even slipped out, he willfully relinquished it, um, and he stood. He stood in solidarity, but his music was—I mean, like it's—it's it's ever present. Everybody listens to it wherever he goes in the world. People flock up to listen to him, and so he really never had any kind of like. Even though his his revenue and his like income kind of really decreased, I—I I, I think like from earning hundreds of thousands of dollars, he started making like maximum like two thousand dollars or something like that uh, a year. It, it fell down to that level. Um, I'm, I might be getting my numbers wrong, but like, uh, I'll, I'll, I swear that the next time we talk about this topic, you guys will know uh, that we'll have our numbers right. Uh, we, we absolutely need to. Um, so um, on that note, uh, I think that like one of the common uh, threads that you're going to see in, in especially older revolutionary artists is that uh, they actually lost their lives, lost their careers, if not their lives. Um, and um, they essentially tended to be more overtly uh, political and like speak um, in, in bold themes. Like it didn't enter the abstract realm. Like the next track that we're going to play, this is one of Marcus's selections. And like, this is a classic. Um, of course, you guys will know it as soon as you hear it. Um, but this is also someone who is uh, world renowned for uh, his protest songs and uh, the, the just the general like the spirit of, uh, you know, standing in solidarity with workers and average people worldwide. So yeah. I guess we could just... Uh, yeah, I, and I love this because it's just the, the, the stark fucking question makes it very, very simple. Which side are you on? Oh, workers, workers, can you stand it? Oh, tell me how you can. 
Will you be a lousy scab or will you be a man? Which side are you on? Which side are you on? Don't scab for the bosses, don't listen to their lies. Us poor folks haven't got a chance unless we organize. Which side are you on? 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 Um, yeah, and, and, I, and I'll say, so the last time I was on a picket line, uh, it was for the uh, miners, uh, West Virginia coal miners, um, and they came to D.C., and you know, they, they do chants, right? They've got like in each, each union, each strike is going to have their own chants. But every once in a while, like, which side are you on? And then everybody, which side are you on? And they do like, they just go back and forth, right? Like, and it's, it's still to this day. And even going back to the, uh, what is it? The Bisco strikers that was in Virginia, same fucking thing. Like, no contracts, no snacks. But then every once in a while, which side are you on? Right? It comes coming out. And this is like, it gives me goosebumps listening to that shit. It does. Especially when you hear it uh, sung by a large group of people. And that's what's like really cool, right? Like simple songs that um, a lot of people can. And I mean, like the more famous one, uh, an equally famous one would be the, the Woody Guthrie, This Land Is Your Land one, which is not exactly tied to any kind of organizing uh, or like you know worker movement or anything like that it was a more like broader uh, solidarity anthem uh, but essentially the the beauty of these songs is that they're very simple like almost nursery rhyme level uh, melodies that uh, a large group of people can sing along without any kind of like judgment or fear and uh, feel completely comfortable in the idea that a uh, hundred other people thousand other people are singing along with you and feel within like you know feel the community uh in the air and uh you know uh i i think that like there, there's a place for songs that like paul robeson belting it out like only he can um and then there's a place for songs like pete seeger's song where uh anybody can sing that song pretty much and there's nothing really like masterful or artistic artistically like selective about uh who gets to sing that song um and and i guess like both of them as you can see the the kind of bold uh line against like don't scab uh, and like don't don't side with your employer uh kind of line it's that's as hard hitting as like saying that uh when workers strike when workers strike and organize and there you find joe hill um that's also very like poignant but also biting incisive line um and they're both like equally i think uh like sharp, even if they're completely different in the way that they are performed. Yeah, that's something though. It's like that I agree with though. With the with the question, which side of you on? It's black and white. It's there's you're in or you're out. And while that life has a lot of nuance when it comes to the the uh, the, the inherent um, contradiction within capitalism. Like, there's just one side and the other. You know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. When it comes to labor versus capital, when it comes from the bosses versus the workers, 
when it comes from Starbucks CEO to barista, right? There's 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 a one line, there's two sides, and you need to choose. You have to choose. Right. Because and that's easy. You don't choose, you chose. <laughs> um and so and that's that's something where like and that's something that, you know, when you get into this, I guess, neoliberal hellscape where, oh, everybody is needs to be respected and oh, like, but like that's the thing is like, no, when you come to the talks of the workers versus the bosses, like, no, no, I'm not accepting it. They can get fucked and the workers can get everything. <laughs> that's that's like, which side are you on? Right. And I guess like uh, this, this kind of like one, one type of not, not even type one age of uh, musicianship where uh there was actually union activity and like people actually fought for shit and people were actually able to accomplish things when they fought for shit. But then shortly afterwards, especially after like McCarthy uh, came along and started cleaning up house and like, you know, kicking everybody who actually had any kind of power outside the country, out of the country, or, uh, you know, if not for that, then, then permanently blacklisting them, like, you know, just ruining their lives and so on. Like after all of that, um, after uh, after the you know House Un-American Activities Committee and all of that, unions and uh, songs for unions, I mean, were not really the the major deal. Uh, but then, thankfully, or uh, you know, more importantly, we came to the civil rights era where uh, that kind of ushered in its own character of uh, protest music and uh, which which kind of like I mean like advocated against racial injustice far more than uh, like empowering workers and so on, like rightly so. So at that time, we have uh, artists like, especially, I mean, like the currently, uh, the next one that we're going to play um, is from an artist who also had her life lo- ruined uh, because she dared to uh, make her music political. Before that, uh, she was a lounge singer uh, who is arguably one of uh, the, 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 you know, the, the strongest voices um, in American music history, uh, an extremely gifted classical pianist and like an insanely talented singer-songwriter uh, who just completely channeled her talents into writing political songs after a while and then com- got completely blacklisted. Nobody would book her. Nobody would play her music. Um, and so let's uh, listen to Miss Nina Simone. second-class houses and second-class schools. Do you think that all colored folks are just second-class fools, Mr. Backlash? I'm gonna leave you with a backlash blue. Backlash. I'm gonna leave you with a backlash blue. 
it's just it's just really like uh, especially telling that uh, the the I mean, there's also Mississippi Goddamn, which is an extremely uh, strong song that uh, Nina Simone wrote and performed. Uh, but uh, Backlash Blues is especially telling because she's kind of uh, saying that she will give people who give her backlash the Backlash Blues. And then um, it kind of like actually was before her own career started going downhill. And it's it's both like, I guess, like it's both prescient and uh, ironic at the same time. Uh, but she stood strong. She couldn't be shaken. She just did her thing. And um, that's the most that you could do. You know, like you couldn't have a bunch of people rallying around and actually still being able to prop you up. Um, like like Marcus was saying, uh, same thing happened with Paul Robeson. If your fans drop you, your fans drop you. And it's not like Nina Simone's fans dropped her. But uh, basically anybody who would call themselves part of the industry. Um, and again, like you got to remember that at that time, there wasn't really... Uh, any other means for uh, an artist to independently produce music like you had to rely on the distribution channels that the industry gave you so that was it like once she started doing this she didn't get any gigs like this is like your musician who would sell out madison square garden this is your billy joel and uh, you know from there you go to performing back at like nightclubs and small little cafes and stuff in paris let alone like you know in the United States, you couldn't even get a gig here. That's kind of what uh, was at least like, I don't, I don't remember the exact timeline, but that's what became of Nina Simone's career. Yeah. Which like, and that's something um, I think like modern day, uh, it's something that like people like think about. It's like the Dixie chicks, uh, you know, like they spoke out against uh, the Iraq war and there's a, you know, pretty large backlash about it. Um, but they're still they're still making music. I think they gave an album. Mm-hmm. They even changed their name, just Chicks. Um, <laughs> but uh, when, yeah, when it comes to Nina Simone, when it came to Paul Robeson, you know, and like you said, right, the industry at the time, you know, the availability for people to make their own music, um, it, it, it just wasn't there, you know, um, and 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 so that that yeah, being blacklisting, being shut out. Um, on one end, you know, the, the technology, you know, the industry, there wasn't the availability to kind of make your own path. Um, but also, too, it's like I think that's kind of what's important of what we're trying to do, or at least what we're trying to highlight, you know, is is the ecosystem outside of mainstream music and, and to hopefully make sure that those things stick around, right? Because, like, the artists that we're hopefully getting to interview and talk to and all those things, eventually, right, if they're doing all the things that we would want them to do, they would end up in those same fate, unless the movement is still with them, right? Um, right. And that's that's the type of, I guess, culture and community that needs to be created, right? A very, you know, kind of in the sense of, of Black liberation of a nation within a nation, you know, like there needs, like that's something that has to start solidifying. I think it's growing, but it needs to start solidifying. Um, and the music that that feeds it, I think, is going to be important. Um, but yeah, with, but like obviously too, that might even transition to like where we're going. Um, but when you start getting into <laughs> uh, other ver, you know, like as music is changing. You know, it does allow for more independence, right? People are allowed are able to make music on their own. 
Um, and it's, you know, from hip hop artists getting drum machines, you know, or DJs getting drum, drum machines and stuff like that. Um, but even, even the I- inception of hip hop, of rap music in and of itself was a, a collection of, 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 of just what, what they could get, direct, you know, what they could get to make music and have a good time. And it ends up solidifying into, you know, you've got the DJ, you've got the MC, you've got the fucking beats, you know, and like it's, <laughs> you know, now it's something that 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 becomes an art form onto its own. Um, but it's very, it's something that was able to be done in the fucking poorest parts of New York, um, just to have a fucking black party and stuff like that, um, right. Yeah, but, we, but before we get before we get to that, like we do have like a pretty deep uh, hip hop selection to play for today. But like we're going chronologically, uh, walking okay. through history and like uh, essentially port- portraying revolutionary movements. Um, Nina Simone's song like briefly touched on the Vietnam War and like how uh, you don't give me enough money to feed my kids, but then you want them to go and fight for you in this war that we don't know what the fuck it's about. You're not telling us, and uh, eventually we find out that like it was it was on a bunch of bullshit. Um, then here's like a, a dedication. Hopefully the song plays uh, because like we had some trouble uh, with uh, loading it, but. Uh, but like basically, um, here's a guy who I would say single-handedly commands the the, the attention of the twenty twentieth century. There's no there's no mystery to this. It's just Jimi Hendrix, and uh, the song is Machine Gun. Um, and basically, this is a performance where he opens with this song is dedicated to. Uh, everybody who's fighting in New York, Chicago, Milwaukee, and then he says, "This is also oh, and this is also for the people who are fighting in Vietnam." Let's play. Tasty licks. Um, no, I think it's like one of the things too that's like really like amazing about Jimmy is and like the same in, in like similar uh, fashion of of Nina is that 
over his career. Like he was radical. He like became more and more radical you right. know, as, as time went on. Um, and, and, and as a black dude, this is something too that like, I've always thought it was like really fucking annoying is that in like modern day, especially in the United States, like Jimi Hendrix is like a white thing, mm-hmm. you know? And like, it's just bullshit because it's black music, right? Like, like <laughs> rock and roll is black music. You know, Jimi Hendrix is black music. And like, it within what, t- 10, 20 years, you know, and like maybe like the punk scene's got a lot of new, but like anything rock and roll considered is white, you know? And, um, but Jimi Hendrix, especially later on in his career, like almost just playing with only like black artists as well. Like, so like, uh, it's very kind of a frustrating thing. But, um, also, too, of just like that, 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 that more uh, radical message um, is, which it gives it more light to like the 60s when like some free love type of thing, you know, like there was actually movements going and there was culture feeding the movement as well. I mean, like when Jimi Hendrix was playing, uh, one of the taboo, I guess, like at that time, the taboo was that if you were uh, in any shape or form associated with the Black Panther Party, you were seen as a target. And like uh, I, I, I've seen shows where uh, like flyers for shows where the Grateful Dead played for the Black Panther Party um, at at one of their rallies and stuff like that. And um, there was a rumor. Uh, I don't know if this is like a rumor or if this is actually a documented fact, but Jimi Hendrix is supposed to have like more gravitated towards the Black Panther Party as well. Um, and uh, that's supposed to have I don't know if uh, I mean, like there's there's a lot of. Uh, you see, it, this is kind of crazy that like at this moment you start you start seeing all of these like celebrities drop dead like flies, um, like which is very very sus- suspect to say the least. And like uh, to maintain a little level of journalistic integrity, let's leave it at that. Um, and uh, interestingly, they all tend to happen the more radicalized the celebrity gets, uh, and or like is able to command a, a following that you know transcends like boundaries between people um and you start seeing like like abrupt deaths and like uh, their entire band goes into disarray etc and uh i think like the jimmy hendrix experience especially it's just like you you given how famous they are you wouldn't be able to guess that like they only had like what three albums out And that was it. And like the the albums came out three years, uh, three years in a row. Like that's basically the entire, ent- or like maybe one of them had a gap uh, of a year or so. And that was like the extent of the Jimi Hendrix experience's output. And since then, like basically every person uh, who's probably in the industry has been milking the the amount of footage that they have, or like the amount of recordings that they have of Jimi Hendrix playing the guitar. They'll throw that on any any song, any mix, and then like every five years, you get a new Jimi Hendrix album. Uh, I think there was a new Jimi Hendrix album in 2020. Um, and again, like I mean, we know for a fact that like he's been he's been gone like almost 50 years now. So where are they finding this stuff? And they always say unreleased stuff. So um, where's all the radical? Which yeah. Know, that's and that's I'd be I'd be interested to, you know I will get to Tupac later but I mean there's there's stories to say like like Pog was Pog was fucking laying down like five tracks a day or some shit you know like wild output you know and so is there is there like a lot of stuff just sitting on hard drives or something and I mean fuck maybe it's in sitting like sitting on hard drives in the FBI fucking locker room um but uh. <laughs> 
before we get yeah you know too too far um which there's another uh another artist from that era um who yeah in the same kind of light i think like and especially in in, in contemporary days he gets put on like hippies smoking weed and then that's it um for me as a uh son of jamaican immigrants um this artist has been thrust into my life in good ways and in bad um but we'll just get into it and talk about that later emancipate yourselves from mental slavery none but ourselves can free our mind Oh, have no fear for atomic energy Cause none of them can stop at the time How long shall they kill our prophets While we stand aside and look Yes, some say it's just a part of it We've got to fulfill the book Won't you hear to sing Songs of freedom is all I ever had. Redemption songs, all I ever had. Redemption songs, these songs of freedom, songs of freedom. Um, I'll say this too. So one of the interesting things about the song, <clears throat> and I'm not 100% sure if this is the only one, but I'm pretty sure this is the only acoustic guitar, only Bob Marley song put out from, <laughs> you know, like Bob Marley and the Whalers. Um, but aside from that, I think what's really important too is like, that that line, you may pay yourself from mental slavery, none but ourselves can free our mind. Because basically it's a, a quote from Marcus Garvey, you know, mm. that um that that Bob Marley would take the you know, that and built, you know, the song around. Um but I mean Marley is another figure figure that like international icon. Um and <laughs> and, and and I mean like <laughs> we you know yeah uh, Try uh, you may not avoid some of the focus on on um, uh, on some of the religious focus and stuff like that, but more on the on the emancipation, you know, on uh, the global sc- struggle, you know, Pan Africanism. Uh, there's a lot. There's a lot that Bob Marley was was was. And I think it was there's a lot of revolutionary culture that Bob Marley was feeding with his music. Um, that today kind of gets dropped off to the wayside. That just oh, this is just weed smoking. Just smoke some weed, Irie. We'll hang out on the beach, you know. But like, it was so much more than that, you know. Yeah, and like, I mean, there are two lines that kind of just like hit me pretty hard. I was like, wow, I, 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 I mean, honestly, I hadn't heard of this song uh, until until like today when Marcus you shared it with me. I'm not, I'm not embarrassed to admit. Um, I think like I also like went a lot by the stereotype that like Bob Marley is supposed to be like a chill. Uh, let's peace, love, and understanding kind of artist. But like here, um, the atomic bomb like thing, don't fear the atomic bomb is 
it's a many layer line um yeah. i think it's i think it's a it's almost a line of solidarity you think of the number of uh, countries that uh, almost i mean like exclusively depend on the atomic bomb to assert their sovereignty and uh, i don't know how much you know bob marley was speaking from that angle because it's not just uh, you're not just looking at it as a as a source of like nuclear energy or whatever you're also talking about like you need that to to, to gain leverage on the international stage as like if you want to have a a socialist state or something and and somebody's like you know nobody's going to let you be that uh, then you you develop nuclear power and like you know then you see who gets to tell you what to do with your country and so on and like that's a kind of uh, assertion that like this this song allows that reading and uh, it also talks about the 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 fact like how long do you plan to kill our prophets and uh, hope that we'll just stay uh, you know silent about it like and killing the prophets is like an important theme uh, that decimated the the civil rights movement and the post uh civil rights movement the fallout from the civil rights movement basically it came out without a leader uh leading from the forefront and uh, essentially this song partially mourns that uh which i think and also like presents a form of anger against that and i think like uh it's really important for a person who listens uh, to bob marley to hear this um hear the side of him too because you're not just like sitting and chilling you're mad but you are composing yourself in a in a very disciplined sort of way as a listener and yeah. i think that's that's beautiful no i mean like uh, that's 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 something that um it's 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 deep and i mean like it's something that we've kind of been hitting on already right of 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 when you look at what happened to paul robeson what happened to nina Simone, and you know fred hampton uh, martin luther king you know um Malcolm Malcolm X. X, you know like and and it, but and this is the point too of now of you know they don't have to you know like where 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 are the heroes at this point too um and, and in some ways like i think it's developed you know like that that type of that movement and that is now like developing again in the united states um but that's i think that line is something that we you we need to be aware of and and that's something that I would think with any type of left movement in the United States, anything that like you need to learn from history is resiliency. You know, how do you survive the state coming after you? And from what Bob's singing about, there wasn't even, you know, why we stand aside and look, you know, it's these things are happening and then there's, and then they just accepted and then moved on. Um, yeah how how long how long how long are we just going to look on um and even not even like who we would consider prophets but how long are we going to stand aside and look at that knee on the neck how long are we going to stand aside and look at that fucking chokehold you know how long are we going to stand aside and look at that that at the state taking away abortion rights for people you know how long are we going to stand aside and look Right. It's a good question. And like uh I can I guess like with that we kind of arrive at a at a close of the of one at an end of one era because uh, uh up to this point like you had to have a I mean you technically even afterwards you had to be signed to a label and stuff but uh you start seeing the the emergence of a more independent uh artist scene like where where a culture gets 
birthed from ground up rather than uh, you know it becoming like the purview of uh, a small number of industry bigwigs deciding that this is going to be the next major thing i mean this this becomes the norm anyway like in future uh, the, in the music industry in the future but like essentially uh, there is, there are brief moments where people emerge from uh, literally nothing and i guess like here uh, oh yeah this is going to be i think this is going to be gilscott heron so uh, what is what is really cool is uh, here is like the birth of hip hop in my view and like this is not something that is he's not considered the grandfather of hip hop so to say like it's still like going to be grandmaster flash and and so on but uh, to me like gilscott heron uh, was the reason why i took up to writing I uh, took up writing poetry and uh, he's like a spoken word artist who's a jazz musician and like he has probably one of the coolest voices like the the coolest uh, flows um, and here uh, in this song and I like preface this as this like he starts talking about what happens when you actually kill everybody uh, who's leading the community um, somebody's going to shoot back and he here talks about the new orleans uh, sniper um, so let's uh, check that out this is actually a cool jam that he does uh, a spoken word uh, riff uh, sort of almost like a freestyle uh, poem that he does on marvin gaye's uh, inner city blues beat which uh, i think he just takes it to the next level and what happens when people start to feel they have nothing to lose nothing to lose for nothing to lose about Mark Essex and the things that made him choose to fight the inner city blues. Yeah, Essex took to the rooftops with a little style and watched while all the crackers went wild. Brought in 600 troops out here, brand new to see them crushed with fear. Essex fought back with a thousand rounds and New Orleans was a changing town and ready. Tat-tat-tat-tat-tat was the only sound, yeah. Bring on the stone rifles to knock down walls. Bring on the elephant guns. Bring on the helicopters to block out the sun, yeah. Made the devil want to holler, cause eight was dead and a dozen was down. And cries for freedom were a brand new sound. New York, Chicago, Frisco, L.A. Justice was served and the unjust were afraid. Cause after all the years and all the fears, brothers were alive, the courage found. And spreading them goddamn blues around. Yeah, make you want to holler black people and hold up both your hands and say liberation. Um, yeah, and like you said, and and I will say when you're talking to it's like is like the the beginnings or at least you know the groundwork for hip hop um, is an MC over a beat, right? And the person who is credited, DJ Cool Herc, another uh, Jamaican, just gonna throw that out there. <laughs> um, but no, and like what you see, um, but like yeah, that's the thing is like just having that that voice over that you know the jazz and i think they did some really great things with the audio you know to kind of like float you into the, you know like this the, what he's talking about um but yeah like at the end of the fucking day he's making a song you know about that reaction and it, like that's the thing it's acceptable you know like he's able to make it and then release that uh into into the world and like that's just amazing in and of itself right yeah it's not like he's triggering that violence or like he's he's telling you that you should do that like he's if anything he is like giving giving a, a sort of oral biography of uh, of a person who did 
and and if anything it's it's this it's the telling of a story that is real that actually happened in the community um i forget the name of this uh, guy it's it's really terrible uh, the the person in california who who was like also a sniper as recently as like 20 20 something um in recent times like the the, the who shot a bunch of lapd uh people oh you talking about dorner dorner right yeah 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 yeah, yeah. don't corner the dorner yeah and it's like you you see you see this can you believe that like there used to be uh, another person like this like just 30 years ago it's it's basically the oh, same yeah. profile and yeah. uh, i mean sp- speak about things being relevant like this is this is the he's talking about mark essex uh, you can google him uh, we don't have like video facility on this chat unfortunately if this was twitch we'd be able to throw this up on the screen uh, for you guys to see but uh, you know mark essex is like the 1970s or 60s i forget which time period james uh, sorry chris dorner um and it's basically the same story someone who got fed up with uh, what he was served and he would decided to, that that he is he had had enough and like essentially it was time for him to respond um and that that was it like there's nothing more romantic than that there's nothing more uh, romanticized than that it's just a plain old matter of fact story uh, that he weaves into the the narrative of inner city blues because it's a it's a part of the inner city blues experience it's not just uh living in poverty and living in increasing crime but it's also living in resisting state violence uh over and over which uh you know you couldn't have marvin gay do that in the song because then it wouldn't be like this uh it then rolling stone probably wouldn't put it on the number one <laughs> of uh 500 albums of all time uh So it's like, you know, Gil Scott Heron would do that. Yeah. Um and on that which, note, we could yeah, go ahead. Yeah, I think moving yeah, moving moving and now moving solidly into hip hop era. Um now this song that I chose I would say is I guess like the less from the group revolutionary, you know? Uh but I think this song carries importance within hip hop. Um you know people look at sugar hill gang um as you know the first released song you know like that's the first song to to rappers delight was like the first rap song to hit you know the airways and 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 um but uh this next one i think is the first hip hop song to actually describe like just give unfettered black life through you know a hip hop song so It's like a jungle sometimes it makes me wonder how I keep from going under Her brother's doing fast on my mother's TV says she watches too much it's just not healthy All my children in the daytime Dallas at night can't even see the game or the sugar ray fight The bill collectors they ring my phone and scare my wife when I'm not home Got a bum education double digit inflation can't take the train to the job there's a strike at the station Me on King Kong standing on my back can't stop to turn around broke my sacroiliac a mid-range migraine cancer membrane sometimes I think I'm going insane I swear I might hijack a plane Don't push me Call um close to the edge I'm trying not to lose my head It's like a jungle sometimes it makes me wonder how I keep from going under It's like a jungle sometimes it makes me wonder how I keep from going under Yeah the Grandmaster Flash and the Furious 5 um I think it's set, like that's kind of setting the first time 
you know, in hip hop that the black experience is just given on, on, you know, kind of just real, you know? Um, I think the thing that's like kind of lacking in the song is like that next step of like, what do you do about it? Um, but that's the thing too, is that just being able to describe accurately life, you know, in some senses, and especially when you look at like uh, the, the history of, of black people in the United States, just being able to a, you know, <laughs> describe your situation on your own terms is something that is revolutionary in itself. Um, but then, but also too, it's like, yeah, it's just describing like, this is what life is. And, and I think that's like kind of like one of the reasons why that song ended up becoming wildly popular is because it was, you know, Hey, it was a song that you could hear like on the radio, but it's also describing the black experience in this new, you know, with this new type of music that uh, Jamaican started. Yeah. And it's like, it's also kind of cool that uh, you can really see the difference between, I mean, like, and again, bringing this up again, uh, the Marvin Gaye song, Inner City Blues, which is like one of the first times that you actually hear um, anything about poverty um, in a, in a musical, like in the musical sense, like even the blues songs, like they do speak, they, they romanticize poverty a little bit. I would say like, you know, it's still in the narrative of, uh, a struggling uh, artist who made it big kind of like, it's not exclusively keeping the focus on the average person, like struggling and suffering. Um, and if it, if it really did that, like, then you, you saw that these artists were getting like kicked out of the industry. Um, and now like you're actually starting to see, um, people being more real about the way that they speak um, about their uh, life experience. But uh, in this, and I guess like I have to highlight the, the, the revolutionary aspect here is also the music because you can't stop listening to this. This is just so cool. It's not the same as like, you know, I love the song, which side are you on? It, it, it crawled. So, you know, uh, Marvin Gaye and Gil Scott Heron and like, all of these artists can, and Tupac can walk and run and like, you know, thrive. Yeah. But this can actually get stuck in your head. This can actually yeah, yeah. last in your memory. Um, and, uh, and there's something about that. Like, which side are you on can do, but then you listen to this and uh, it's like a jungle. Uh, and like, uh, you know, I'm keep, I have to keep, keep from going under. It's like kind of like a chant that's going to get stuck in your head. Um, and you, you keep hearing that like over and over and like now think about the kind of stuff that gets stuck in your head and it's so annoying. Why is this in my head? Like I hate it's most Friday, of this. Friday, gonna get on Friday. You know? Yeah. Yeah. For me, it's the, it's this, it's this song like, uh, by this guy. I, I forget his, I forget his name. Like it's this refrain of like, what are you doing? And like, it's like, what are you doing? What are you doing? And it's like, <laughs> <laughs> what are know. you doing and it's, <laughs> I, you just want attention and it's like yo i can't believe that like you don't see that you're also asking for attention by telling a person that they just want attention uh but all that said like the kind of stuff that gets stuck in your head is like literally like spam emails and this on the other hand is like kind of like the message is intended for you it's not something that you just picked up because somebody wanted to sell you a product or like a marketing you know yeah. email well, and I, I think one of the things that's important too is just like having a community and feeling like shit you know <laughs> having an understanding that there's somebody else that's going through a really shit and hard time um and having that expressed through art it's important right to even have that type of validation you know um 
Yeah. But uh, I feel like I want to kind of sweep through here, sweep through the last few, so we can start getting some people in the calls. Yeah, yeah, let's do that. Um, Next so, up is the iconic. Uh, you can't have a list of revolutionary songs without this one. Even if they ended up giving a eulogy, uh, giving a eulogy for Colin Powell, <laughs> like Colin Powell. <laughs> yeah, you gotta listen yeah. to them because they did something. I mean, like there was a. I'll, I'll like, we'll speak about this after you hear the song, but uh, yeah, let's play it. Public Enemy, Fight the Power is, you know, yeah, like you said, one of the iconic songs, you know, I think, and this is where, like, in we got Grand Last Fast, if you were spot, you know, like, in, in, the, in this too, it's like, the lack of revolutionary, you know, consistency throughout the artists may dilute the message. <laughs> um, and this is where, you know, Flavor Flav, you know, has gone off and he's done like the dating shows. <laughs> um, yeah, you got, um, uh, uh, yeah, they give it out tweets to Colin Powell after he died, you know, but at the end of the day, though, and this is the thing too, is that sometimes the song is less of what the artist intended and, and what it actually means to people, um, and, and the culture that it's feeding. Uh, and that's where too is like fight the power. And I think what's too is like it's in the message, giving that stark difference of like your white heroes are bastards to me, you know, from Elvis to the founding fathers, you know, that's like what I'm getting at is that the is like the fact is like all of the heroes that you're trying to put in our face are evil. These are the bastards that that took and oppressed us. So no, like we're not going to support that. Um, yeah, that's I, that, that's what I like. Feel it's like one of the most important things, like in in the song. No, absolutely. I mean, like the thing about Public Enemy, I feel is is like this is going to become a a recurring theme as well. Like in in a lot of artists, like you're going to meet a lot of artists uh, on this show. Uh, we've already spoken to at least a dozen of them, all of whom list Public Enemy as like one of their inspirations, at least in making revolutionary music. They gave a language for making a type of music. And uh, it's not just in the United States. Uh, there's a one of my earliest uh, forays into like listening into listening to revolutionary uh, or like radical artists uh, was listening to the the Palestinian hip hop group called Dam or uh, Dam in uh, in in Arabic, and uh, which means blood. And uh, they actually uh, cite uh, Chuck D as like their role model and uh, and how they wanted to you know fight. Uh, the apartheid uh, over there like through 
uh, the you know through emulating like public enemy of the 1980s uh, but they were doing this in the 1990s in the in the early 2000s uh, that's when they were releasing music so it's like the influence of artists especially in the who come out of the united states the innovative ra- radical artists uh, is going to be like artists worldwide who got inspired because they listened to them who who actually built their movements based on the the kind of cultural production that they received from uh you know radical artists like this so even if you know you could consider uh, through a certain kind of lens uh, a group like public enemy to be a sort of sellout or whatever uh it still is extremely valuable to a person who's listening somewhere in some third world country uh where there is a, a revolutionary movement that could you know that needs inspiration and like people listen to this people listen to uh tupac still people listen to you know whoever that they can that they can find um um around and uh, and I think that's kind of something that's really important uh, for us to consider when you're thinking about like who what makes an artist revolutionary. Yeah, and I think uh speaking of Tupac um might as well just zip through into the next one. Yep. in this prison of seclusion happiness living on the streets is a delusion even a smooth criminal one day must get caught shot up a shot down with the bullet that he bought now millimeter kicking thinking about what the street do to me cuz they never told peace in the black community all we know is violence do the job in silence walk the city streets like a rat pack of tyrants too many brothers daily headed for the big pen niggas coming out worse off than when they went in over the years i've done a lot of growing up get drunk throwing up cuffed up then i said i had enough there must be another route way out to money and fame my chains my name played a different game tired of being trapped in this vicious cycle if one more cop harasses me i just might go psycho and when i get him i hit him with a bum rush only a lunatic would like to see a score crush yo if you're smart you really let me go cheap but keep me cooped up in this ghetto and catch the oozy they got me trapped Yeah, I mean, like I, I, I was like struck by the fact that this is a song. The the storytelling, this almost like uh, feels like a a sort of Stan like song. I mean, I hate the fact that like I'm using Stan as the reference uh, when I'm describing Tupac because Tupac is like the daddy of uh, Eminem and and everybody else who followed. But like essentially. uh the structure of this song is like so it kind of looks like he it's a confessional uh you wonder what he's talking about he's talking about like how he's oppressed etc but he's literally telling the story of how he killed a cop and went to jail um and uh it's just so wild how he builds the story um and i think like one of the things about tupac which i have to emphasize here is that like he is um uh, someone who actually was a card carrying member of the communist party and that's something that we can't you know omit when we're talking about Tupac Shakur um who is uh who's the godson of Asata Shakur who is uh, exiled to Cuba um and like these are all realities that you don't really hear associated with Tupac you, you hear Tupac and like you think about the guy who got who got shot uh, who had a feud with Biggie and uh, you know it was like the west coast east coast feud and what not um i'm actually not fully versed in the actual like feud along those lines but i know that this was a person who's a, a radical and uh, who 
basically was a registered member of the Communist Party. So, Marcus. Yeah, no, I mean, like, we don't have the time. Um, we could do a fucking whole series on uh, rat beef. Um, what it's going to end up boiling down to is me in a tinfoil hat saying that the cops did and the government did it. We don't have time to get there yet. Um, <laughs> but, um, I, I mean, pot outside of what, I guess, yeah, what mainstream wanted to present Tupac to us as was there was so, so much more. Um, and, 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 and you would already listed out of like, his history, why he was that way, why, like how he ended up being radical. Um, but that's, that's the thing that, you know, it wasn't just that, right. You know, like, it's really at the end of the day, he, I, I, I don't think either of us expect any artist to only do one thing. Right. Because, you know, I sure. You know, like I'm a socialist, but that's not everything <laughs> that you do say, you know, is not a it, it, it is in the like effort of socialism or, or some shit, right? And that's where Tupac, you know, they're 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 gonna they're gonna you're gonna hear California Love a million times before you hear Trapped, right? right. Like that's where that's 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 where we're at now. Um, but that's the thing is that like there's there's so much fucking there, and even like the really the, the accurate description over what society is like, what community is like. Um, and being that projected outside is for one, you know, for the communities that are existing in it, like a, a, uh, it's, it's, a, it's, yeah, it's a way to support, you know, to say like, yes, you are in, you are living in the experience that you think you are then, and, and it's wrong, it's bad. And there needs to be steps to go through and change it, you know? Um, but that's the, like, yeah, I think Tupac is probably one of like the underrated revolutionary artists. Right. Right. <laughs> like, but obviously one of the most gifted and, and talented uh, hip hop artists that, that, that had been around. Who do we have next? Um, and Ooh, next up. And this is one of my favorite fucking tracks. Um, because this one's a bop too. I just spit the dope line. I don't snort them. Tell the boss to call police to escort them. You don't ride out them lies, you just quote them. Get offline, plug into this modem. No, you can't outvote them. The rules are still golden. Only jewels we hold if we guard our scrolling. If you press the ear to the turf that is stolen, you can hear the sound of limitations exploding. Please, sir, may we have another portion? We're children of the beast that dodge the abortion. Neck place firm between the floor and the portion. We'll shut your shit down, don't call it extortion. Caution, we're coming for your head. So call the feds and get files and shred. Every textbook read said bring you the bread. But guess what? We got you instead. say i'm sorry if the audio levels are fucking people's ears up i apologize we'll figure that out because i'm getting some different levels but i don't know how yeah me too yeah um but um we'll work on that but guillotine uh the coup i mean boots riley um just i think i mean i think it was like boots is 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 one of the goals and hopefully we'll be able to talk to, to boots riley at some point um but 
yeah, you know, I just saying it like it is, saying it plain and fucking simple, you know, hey, rich folks, you can keep fucking around, but guess what? You're going to find out. And like, um, that's why I love the line. It's like, uh, the caution, we're coming for your head. So call the feds and get the files to tread. Every textbook read, uh, said, bring you the bread, but guess we're going to bring you instead. We got the guillotine, <laughs> right? And like, that's, it's that's funny, funny, yeah, it's hilarious. <laughs> but also, like, that's the fucking message, though, is that like really all it takes is for people to say, "Listen, we're not bringing you your fucking diamonds anymore. We're not bringing you your iPhones. We're not bringing you your filet mignons anymore. We got something else for your ass." <laughs> not, not exactly for your ass, I suppose. But... <laughs> yeah. Yeah, and like uh, you know, there's so much talk about a uh, talk around like you know the, the the any movie that basically Adam McKay makes, and like Boots Riley made Sorry to Bother You, which is probably like one of the one of the coolest movies, one of the most um, you know, and Jordan Peele, like I mean, I'd add him to the list as well. Like Adam McKay and Jordan Peele make uh, whatever they make, and it's like it's automatically branded as like from the visionary mind of uh, this filmmaker, and it's like Boots Riley made Sorry to Bother You, which is like probably one of the wildest most creative most radical movies that uh, you'd probably see and I, i'm uh, we're, we're probably we're going to open up uh, to callers after this because we just wanted to give you the presentation of all of the songs that we wanted to play and then we wanted to hear your thoughts on it uh, on the show on uh, you know what your revolutionary tracks would be that you would like to add to the list we also have a playlist going which we'll uh, walk you through uh, but essentially i just wanted to finish my thought saying that uh boots riley is uh it's it's just almost envious um i envy the fact that he is both uh an extremely proficient prolific uh musician also a card carrying communist um and uh he's an ex- exceptional filmmaker who has uh probably one of the most exciting films uh a film debut that he wrote and directed uh to his credit and and, and he's creating a series uh right now where uh basically he uh i think it's it's got like some big names it's got the actor who was in the central park 5 thing i think um but essentially someone who is unabashed about his uh politics uh who's also getting recognized in the mainstream uh by being an unabashed proponent of whatever he whatever his politics is um and that's something that i've always like on this note i'll like basically uh let's open up the calls i suppose uh, but i've always thought that like you know if you could be if you really have freedom of speech as an artist if you could really be any artist that you wanted can you be as an artist a vocal open communist what is really a is is that some up some place where you know your artistic freedom is going to get impeded because uh you know is that something that you cannot be um and i think like boots riley kind of really pushes that envelope like he's he's he doesn't mince his words as marcus was saying yeah no and i mean that's it's like i don't know either like is this song even be put out like this song could be made at any time but like could this song be actually like released <laughs> you know at any time uh you know maybe not um but uh no i mean yeah boots riley as as an artist filmmaker um incredible you know and uh yeah you know that's easy like with <laughs> i mean i mean like one of the things with sorry to bother you 
even people who knew who Boots Riley was before, like you watch that film for the first time and you're like, whoa, right? Like it fucking goes all the way <laughs> to 100. Um, but that's what it's got to do, right? It's like really show people what the fuck is going on. Um, but so, and I see it's like, uh, this is the first time that we're doing this. I don't know if, I think if, if people will try and call in, um, well, actually, so as, if, if there's any questions, hey, you guys should check out this artist. You guys should try to reach out to this person. You know, definitely love uh, any any suggestions. Oh, did that work? Yes. Yep. Okay. Yeah, I guess I'll be the guinea pig for today. Appreciate it. We need a guinea pig. <laughs> <laughs> well, did you have any questions? And actually, it's, it's I mean, I've seen you. You've. Thank you, A, for all the support you've given the, the Left Flank Vets. Um, but uh, also, hey, kind of nice to meet you. <laughs> uh, but, yeah, I don't know. Comments, questions, you know, Thoughts. We'll, we'll take anything. Yeah, No, it's all good. I, I, I'm on Left Flank Vets a lot. I'm on uh, This Is Revolution, or at least listen to it a lot. So I do see a lot of Marcus. But, yeah, I just wanted to say, uh, you know, when I, I look at Public Enemy, which is kind of like the beginning of all the songs that you showed, that's kind of my era that, you know, the song is actually really non-specific for any specific cause. It kind of, you know, can be used to inspire, you know, whatever cause you're actually fighting for. It's, it's fight the power. They're not actually telling you what that power is. I just think that's interesting. When you look at some of the other songs that are out there, obviously, let's see, uh, Rage Against Machine, um, some of the other songs I already showed. Uh, they're more talking about specific things. And Fight the Power is kind of like a, a catch-all that, that you can pretty much play at any protest to get everybody worked up. Yeah, yeah. No, I think that's, like, a very, very uh, good point. And, uh, like, yeah, I guess, like, it too, it's, like, um, <laughs> I think the part that I play is basically is like talking talk shit on like Elvis and like how like the people on the stamps, you know, like that's the, yeah, it's like other than Elvis, you know, it's very a, ambiguous to just the people in power who are fucking you over. Um, but yeah, I, I can obviously see the benefit of both, right. Of having something that's more specific that talks to certain things. And I mean, hell, which side are you on? It started the coal miner, uh, so yeah, the coal uh, coal mining um, strike, but you know, obviously, you know, it it can apply uh, to to all types of just more of like strikes specifically. Um, but yeah, 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 you know, I don't know. I think it's yeah, yeah. important to have kind of both. Yeah, and I think like uh, you know, thank you for uh, thank you for kind of pointing out uh, Rage Against the Machine as well. Like we we always have like imperfect allies, and that's something that we need to. Uh, understand especially like if you're talking about a mainstream artist uh who essentially i mean if you if you really were to consider the bare minimum uh they don't really have to do this um if you think about it like any artist who is like i mean right now there is an industry in cashing in on uh uh you know revolutionary rhetoric um or radical rhetoric um that like you know if you if you do this you get a bigger following etc um and so there is like completely an undisciplined pursuit of like any kind of revolutionary idea or thought uh, without any kind of connection to, you know, actual society. Uh, but then again, like if there is a representative in the Grammy Awards or, uh, 
in the Oscars or at the Oscars or like someplace or at the Met Gala. No, I'm just kidding. Uh, who Who's like going to say, uh, you know, not just fight the power, but like if you were to say, burn it down, something to that effect. It's got to be a crazier message. And we've talked about this. We've, we've like had this conversation many times, Marcus and I on uh, Twitch, uh, as you would have, uh, you know, heard that like, it needs to be a more emphatic message that's not just about, you know, tax the rich. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Eat the rich. <laughs> yeah, that, I, I agree. It's, I mean, it's a it's very inspiring song, but it, it, it it's not specific, so you can kind of adapt it, I guess. And sometimes it doesn't matter, because it's funny. We talk about Rage Against the Machine, which I know is not a, a perfect example you know of a revolutionary song or a group but do you know how many chuds i knew <laughs> in the air force that used to listen to raging against the machine and never even listened to one of the lyrics yeah oh yeah no idea what they were talking about <laughs> that's that's the thing too is that like you ever see on twitter like on twitter people will yell at tom morello when they figure it out like they'll be mad at tom morello when they actually listen to rage against the machine's lyrics um and it's like, like, what do you, <laughs> so I don't know what you want me to do with this shit. Like, you should have listened to the words, motherfucker. <laughs> anyway, uh, uh, I, I, I am drawing a blank right now. I've been doing a lot of yard work, but I, I know one of the, one of the songs that, that I always liked was, uh, it's not really, maybe not revolutionary. It's more like Grandmaster Flash, where it's, it's telling you the situation that's going on is, uh, Stevie Wonder. Um, living for the city, just describing how it was. I believe what was it Chicago? In in which the city, song, which song again was it? Living for the city. Living for the city, right? Yeah. I, I'm thinking of Chicago. It might have been New York, but just describing what life was like, not really telling you a solution or even a cause, just telling you shit's fucked up. That's all it is. But I'm going to go ahead and get off and let someone else get on it. Well, hey, thank you so much again for, you know, being the guinea pig and and, and, and making sure that uh, I can get some trust and confidence in this damn <laughs> new app that I got to figure out. Um, <laughs> it works. But, yeah, that's, 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 that's the thing is that, you know, one thing is making the music. The other thing is people listening to it and actually, like, receiving a message. Um and that can take time, you know? And, like, uh, hopefully, it would be nice if some of those chuds... Because the same thing, right? Same thing. There's a bunch of fucking people in the Marine Corps that just listen to Rage for the hard riffs, you know? Um, mm-hmm. And there, But, like, the thing that's, I guess, is good is that that's a foot in the door. Right. You know? Because, like... As as much as it sucks, you'd wish people would just recognize humanity in all individuals. But sometimes it takes a really sick guitarist to get some uh, parasocial relationship mood, you know, like mojo working, and then you know that it gives people an actual out from chud like behavior. But um, <laughs> yeah, it happens either way. <laughs> all right, well, I'm gonna go and jump off if I can figure out how to do that. All right, peace. All right, pleasure you. talking to you, man. All right. Anybody else like right. who want to come on and uh, talk to us about what you think um, are good examples of revolutionary 
tracks. Uh, we have a playlist. Uh, we want to be able to link it to the profile. I mean, you'll hear these tracks and then slowly we're going to build with every artist that we have on, with every political uh, media personality that we have on, we're going to add some songs to it uh, that you'll hopefully you're going to be on the journey with us as we build it out. And, uh, you know, hopefully that'll like be, be your workout playlist or your, uh, <laughs> yeah. your, dri- your playlist for your drives, your long drives and whatnot. Um, uh, yeah. The long drive to the strike, you know, the, <laughs> the, the, the music that to put on before your organizing meetings, you know, right. The, the important parts. Um, but all right, we'll bring in doc, my favorite online corpsman. All right. Hey, peace and blessings. Definitely appreciate what both of you are doing and definitely uh, approaching this through the, you know, the lens of the culture. And it's definitely a good way to be able to kind of influence the, the revolution, so to say. Yeah. And that's weird too, is like, I think it's just having the full understanding that it's like, it, life is complicated and it, it takes a, you know, it's going to take a mixture of things, you know, in order to like really get where we're going. Um, and yeah, you know, Mal talked about it, so it's fine. <laughs> yeah, definitely. But for me, a lot of I think my revolutionary tracks that I kind of started get, getting me more conscious was kind of listening to uh, grassroots reggae. Mm-hmm. My my grandfather he's he's a Jamaican Cuban, so I kind of grew up listening to a lot of that uh, the music. But for one, for me, would be uh, Max Romeo, uh, War on the ba- Babylon. Mm kind of, you know, sort of, you know, noticing what, what system that kind of has control over you in everyday life and, you know, seeing the everyday battles that you have to go through, you know, and uh, kind of influenced me from the beginning. Um, and other, other artists as well, like, you know, Peter Tosh, definitely Bob Marley as well, but definitely Max Romero, that, 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 that song really uh, kind of uh, has been ingrained in me. Right. Well, that's like that's a, that's a pretty good recommendation. I I've, I've not heard. Uh, I guess like Marcus would be more familiar. Yeah, no, I've heard of him, um, but uh, not. Yeah, like it would say not. Uh, I'm definitely going to add that song now, so that we playlist. can uh, yeah. get yeah get into it. Um, but then that's this is the thing too is that like I don't know, like I haven't thought too much on this, but it's kind of just like now occurring to me is that there there's a lot of similarities between um, hip hop and reggae. And I think, you know, like um, one kind of you know, like begets the other, um, but even the, even the way that it's created and uh, started, you know, there's these like happy accidents that kind of like allow the technology to make hip hop and, and reggae is a very similar type of way um, to even where like, <laughs> They make the guitar like on that offbeat, you know. Yeah. With reggae music, you know that sound on the offbeat. Um, initially, that was like a fucking broken. That <laughs> was like a broken amp that actually yeah. echoed, you know, like a first riff, and then like, you know, ends up oh bam! Now we got this whole new sound. Um, or now pillar of a, a whole different type of music. But then also too of like that that description of what's happening, right? Of that actual people's description. You know, this is, and, and actually even going back to Fight the Power, I think one of the lines is saying is like, the most famous song was Don't Worry, Be Happy. If you ever say that shit, slap me. Hmm. Um, 
And what you get in a lot of reggae is that you get a lot of feel good music, but it's not lying to you, you know? Um, yeah. And so, so. That's where, unfortunately, co- you know, reggae has been co opted in a sense. Um, you know, the kind of the mainstream reggae that's kind of get played, you know, you know, they roll out Bob Marley, like, Bar- Bob Marley, like, you know, MLK, you know, when they, they try to, you know, try to use it to their advantage, but to be, try to go, go back to the essence of it and, you know, the roots and definitely it's eye opening. And then, um, some other, uh, revolutionary tracks, I would say I've been, you know, since the whole thing with Russia started, I've been kind of just listening to, uh, Russian music to kind of get a feel of it. And, um, there's one artist, uh, his name is Kino. He's from like the late seventies and eighties. And he, uh, I guess that's where a lot of the Russian soldiers were listening to when they were in Afghanistan. And so it's kind of interesting when you translate his lyrics, um, you know, he kind of talks about, you know, the, the oppression that the Russians went through and the dissolution with their government. And especially when, you know, when the, when the Soviet, um, kind of system fell in the 90s his music was a lot more popular at that time so it's kind of uh kind of interesting to even though not fully understanding the 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 language you know you'd be able to understand kind of like their their the feel of it and then definitely once translating translating the the lyrics you kind of get where you know a lot of their mindset is and why you know a lot of people fell into uh you know, depression, alcoholism, and, you know, just in wanting to kind of make, you know, Russia great again. So that's why, you know, mm. they, they're, they you know, following in lockstep with, you know, Putin, unfortunately. But you kind of get a, get a sense of it in a sense. Uh, it's type of lost cause type feeling, which even like even a sense of like Russia, especially coming off of like the USSR, it's such a bastardization of what the, you, you like that cause... <laughs> Was actually like used to be, or in some senses it was. Um, but that's the thing, yeah, it's like when you get to the invasion of Afghanistan, it's like, you know, you're not going to do this. Like, I'm not going to do the whole, like, oh, well, you know, like, this isn't who America is, right? You're like, no, you know, like, the, the, the state is what, it, what it is. And, you know, like, having that realization. And also, too, is like that music gets a testament to the mountains. Like, no state is perfect, <laughs> you know? Um, but coming to the ends of like those very key mistakes um within the ussr and now culture right how art and culture reflects that um and how that plays into part of what's going on today i mean yeah i mean if I, anything m- m- music can be just a, a history record as well yeah I mean, I, I, i'd also like to speak to the co-optation point that you made about like reggae a little earlier uh, which I think is like something that uh, everybody who's who's uh, not only artists who are making radical music or like uh, trying to communicate radical ideas through music, but anybody who has a new idea that is innovative uh, to begin with has to worry about co-optation. And essentially, we're we're at a place where we're we're seriously considering how we can um, stay independent. Like, can you actually be independent of uh, somebody trying to co-opt you and, and or making you irrelevant um, after you invented or came up with an art form or if not an idea, uh, then I guess like it becomes a, a question of how you can actually, how can the movement support 
um, these artists? Like, can there be a movement that actually supports artists as much as there was a movement that supported, you know, the Bernie Sanders campaign, for example? Like, is there an incentive for a movement to actually prop up uh, or champion uh, a selection of artists for, for them to, you know, like, uh, in return, uh, reward the movement with uh, the, the the kind of awareness, the message, and the the financial proceeds that can come from it, uh, from their own acclaim and uh, renown and you know fame and whatnot, all the deals that they're going to be getting, etc. Uh, is there a possibility for such an ecosystem to you know support the artist so that it doesn't get co-opted? Uh, is something that we definitely will talk to a lot of artists about in the in the future. You're going to hear uh, tons of independent artists with whom we, we're going to have this conversation uh, about how explicitly to avoid co-optation. Is that even possible? And if so, how do we do it? Yeah, I feel like it has to be kind of organic in a sense where you know, oftentimes the, the reggae events that I go uh, that I've been to, you know, unfortunately, you know, they get promoted, you know, just for, you know, the cannabis use and uh, the right. merch that they're selling. They're often, you know, black owned or, you know, Jamaican owned. And it, yeah, it's kind of unfortunate, but it kind of just struck with me as well, um, kind of with that another uh, revolutionary track would be for me. Uh, it's a lot of uh, native Hawaiian music. Uh, I was yeah. stationed in Hawaii and it really, for me, uh, was kind of uh, profound to kind of learn about their culture and kind of be immersed in that and um, seeing what, you know, what they've been through and where, what they're suffering as well. And unfortunately, Hawaiian music as well has been co-opted to an mm-hmm. extent where it's, you know, it, it becomes a novelty, you know. Reggae is a novelty. Hawaiian music's, a, you know, novelty, and it's just they, they, uh, they make it a, they make it an extension to the tourist experience, essentially, right? You mm-hmm. know, like exactly, and that's that's probably the most disgusting thing. Um, as much as something I talked about, like this is revolution was like on uh, like months ago, but uh, had on a you know a story and then talk about like the history of Hawaii and and. <laughs> Like just straight up colonialism that that has gone on, um, but but yeah, like at the end of that, what does that get? Is like the like what culture can be used as a prop? They will they will take it, um, and then everything else is left to the wayside. But I like one like that's something that um, actually Lasu. I'll give a shout out to Lasu on Twitch. Um, he he's shown me a so so much of like indigenous Hawaiian music that is yeah like revolutionary in a lot of different ways and especially too when you talk about connecting to nature that's one way it is wholly different than any of the music that we've really talked about before um and why yeah I think why it's like extremely important yeah 100% and then um I think the last one that just occurred to me too is um with the whole farmers um um, protests that happened in India. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I, I grew up in Northern California, so I, I kind of grew up in like in a big party with different cultures. But um, I I had a lot of Punjabi friends, so I was exposed to a lot of Punjabi and Sikh culture. And so one of the artists um, is Sinduwala, and uh, he he's his form is kind of more like kind of hip hop. He does some poppy stuff, but then there's also ones where he kind of talks about you know um how would i say self self self-determinations in a sense and kind of standing up for your rights 
Mm. So I feel um, to be able to reach a broader audience to kind of showcase, um, you know, the plight that with the farmers are going through, uh, that for me kind of stood out recently. Yeah, I, I found him. I've, I've not heard his songs uh, until now, but like I can definitely, uh, you know, see how uh, there is a separatist, not exactly a separatist, but like a, a nationalist tendency, uh, a more empowered kind of like fighting for uh, like Sikh rights tendency that uh, is extremely a ra- of a radical spirit. And like they also derive a lot of uh, inspiration from uh, a, a form of like, s- uh, it's not exactly Sufi poetry, but uh, it's a form of like folk poetry that it's it's like deeply rooted i know that it, he's probably a hip-hop artist but it would be deeply rooted i would imagine in uh, a more folk tradition as well which uh is it, it makes it its own you know beast and uh thanks for bringing this up i'll, I'll definitely uh, add this to the playlist and like you you've given us like four tracks to you know add to the playlist and i feel like um that's about as much as like we have added ourselves so far so you're like an equal <laughs> no, contributor right now I smoke and know things, so I definitely have to <laughs> uh, bring something to the table. But I appreciate you too. Please send blessings and thank you for this. Oh, thank you Take so care, much, man. Doc. Um, okay. And yeah. anyone else? Which I don't know. I think we might be like, like I think more, multiple callers can call it at the same time, you know? Yeah, if, I suppose if, so. If people yeah. do want to rush in. Um, but, uh, I mean, I don't know if uh, we, you know, if anybody else wants to call in, um, and you can and try to take uh, a couple of calls for like the next five ten minutes, and then we probably have yeah. to well. like almost at the two hour point. That's a longer show than we planned to do. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Which, um, that's the thing. It's like when you said each doing five tracks, I knew this was going to be a long haul. Um, oh yeah, because we talked a lot. So, right. Um, but I don't know. I'm happy that we did because I think it's and, and like obviously too. It's like this is. Is this a is this a community thing, you know, of where like yeah, Karthik and I are trying to find songs that you know are revolutionary, uh, but like obviously like that's not it, you know. There's so much out there, um, and you know like yeah, in order to be able to find and listen and build the community around all of that shit, like definitely can't just be you know Karthik and I. Um, and the thing is, too, like we've already relied on like the le- you know like, community at the left flank quite a bit, you know, for support, and, and that's not going to stop, you know. So, yeah. Anybody else who want to you know jump up to the platform, the podium, and uh, have a go at whatever you think um, revolutionary music is? Yeah, no, I'll leave my hot take, and maybe someone will call in. Beatles, meh. <laughs> Man. Wait, wait. Man. You you only said that the Beatles, or uh, did you say somebody else just now? No, it's Beatles. Yeah, just Beatles. Man. Man. Oh, there we go. Oh, somebody called it. <laughs> yeah. No, I was I was just about to say that. Like, I might actually slightly push back on that, but uh, I'm cool with hearing what this caller has to say. So Tim is muted. I wonder how long it takes to connect, but. Um... Yeah, actually, this is the only time, too, that I want a video of just me doing, like, the meh and doing, like, the hand signal. You know, like, <laughs> meh. You know, that's, that's all I need. I think Tim. This is, this is Tim Tim Ryan, uh, Ohio congressman that just won the primary for Senate. Um, thank you for taking the time out of your day. 
Um, going up, want, uh, right? going going up against uh, JD Vans. Yes, it's uh, very. Oh my god! Like, and that's so. It's like, I mean, I went back home to Columbus for a little bit, um, and uh, all the commercials there were just insane. Um, yeah. Yep. Yep. All right. Yeah, this is Tim Pool. I just had to get my. Yeah, we're we're cutting off. Nope. Did he say this is simple? <laughs> it's, it's, it's like the Tim Pool. <laughs> oh, yeah. Can you can you speak? Yeah. All right. Yeah. So if y'all can hear me, yeah. Um, the Beatles. Yeah. So obviously their politics kind of suck. I mean, they're not great, but they. What I've been wondering all night, like my, I don't have revolutionary tracks per se, uh, but I, I'm wondering like where, where is my like cultural spark to be a lefty or what like, and I, I don't know if I can put a finger on it, but I, I'm wondering if there's just a place in general for countercultural representation in music, right? Like that was like mm. kind of what the '60s were all about. Mm-hmm. Maybe I don't know. One of the things the '60s were about. Yeah, and, yeah, uh, and just just to be different and to be weird and goofy. Now I think a lot of that's been co-opted, I guess, or it's been redirected towards you know Marvel or or you know whatever, just like normie shit. But I you know like like the foot in the door with the uh, with the badass riffs for the Marine guys. Like yeah, they may not listen to the lyrics, but maybe they will one day. You know, I don't know. Like, there's, I think there's something to be said at least for like, it's like bad politics, but it's good music, and it's at least saying something a little different. You know, I don't know. No, I agree. I agree one hundred percent. Like, and this, you know, kind of some of the things with like with the people in Public Enemy. And I mean, hell, we didn't talk about it earlier, but like, I think it was actually what fucking today or yesterday. One of the people this morning, yeah, yeah, Grandmaster Flash and the Furious Five was convicted for murdering a homeless dude and like literally was like saying the guy said what's up to me and he was homeless so he fucking stabbed him right so like yeah like you agreed <laughs> you know the, the perfect politics you know isn't necessarily going to be uh, the the precursor to having a, a, a song or a painting or whatever you know um and that's the thing too is like really yeah, I, I'd say too. I, you're like, I agree 100 percent because like it's a sliding scale. You need to be open and and, and and gracious to people. And and like for me, you know, like I said earlier, like the only time where I'm going to draw a line is on the picket line. You know, like that's that's where the line needs to be drawn. You're listening to music. You could open it up a bit. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> it's okay yeah. to open it up. Yeah, and I I, I mean like if I I would say the Beatles. Uh, get like trashed for not being musically sound, which I think is uh, stupid. Like well, I think the Beatles true. are, yeah, the Beatles are extremely, uh, like I would say, musically just yeah, like they're... rich and diverse and uh, brilliant. Like that, every single one of them is like extremely talented as far as the music, as as far as being a musician goes. I would say, but yeah. as being like per- carriers of a message uh, is is something where. Uh, I think the Beatles represent an important point in history, where, especially because of their outsized popularity. They're just like completely, you know, 
it's it's almost impossible for them to have maintained the level of integrity that you needed to have uh, in order for you to be any kind of like revolutionary like to embody a politics that can be meaningfully lefty you know like that's what i would say the beatles are uh, arguably more libertarian at the at the most like left libertarian uh, than like being any kind of like uh, empowering the working class kind of uh, lefty politics which is like right now i think you you are kind of coming to realize that left libertarian is essentially uh, becoming more and more a and i i'm really sorry to say this but like more and more a right wing position because uh, you are able to have a, a certain kind of liberty and autonomy if you achieve a certain level of success and that just like dev- devolves into bootstraps uh, thinking and uh, i think like essentially um, the the more they separated and the more like you know john lennon started doing his own thing um there became like a, at least a strand of the beatles that could be more radicalized uh but otherwise they just like i think are uh, they they gave a little bit of a peek into uh, an individual like consciousness development and what not but i don't know if they really uh, could radicalize anybody like uh, maybe bob dylan could but uh, but that's a different story but yeah that's great well i look forward to learning more badass shit from you guys this is uh this is sans by the way love oh that's what's up man. what's up sans what's up love this is revolution karthik man i I've, I've only seen you on on the streams a few times but every time it's like holy cow this guy asks great questions you like really pay attention to what you're like thinking about i guess that's a silly way of putting it yeah, man, I uh, really appreciate it. No, it's fine. Say it, you guys. call Karthik smart and me dumb. That's fine. It's cool. No, man, oh, I appreciate that. You're dumb, but you got the dumper, baby. It's all good, man. <laughs> all right, I'll take my answers off the air. All right. All right. <laughs> take it easy, guys. Later, later, later. Oh, man. Um, no, that's why we're a good team, all right? Brain and bronze. Um, oh, damn. All right, do we do we call it or like is anybody else interested in talking to us? I think we got anybody else got a track. Like my headphones are about to die. <laughs> <laughs> That's a good reason to call it because yeah. he can't call in anymore. So yeah, uh, technically but, we're yeah. So we'll be back Friday. What time are we going Friday? Three p.m. Three p.m. We'll give a disclaimer that it's gonna be a. A sort of a mixture of pre-recorded and uh, live, uh, because uh, the guest that we're having on unfortunately doesn't have the ability to uh, to connect through Colin. Uh, but uh, you're going to be pretty impressed with the uh, the first guest that we have officially lined up. It's not a musician; we can tell you that much. But uh, it's going to be somebody who's going to talk all about. Uh, Maybe not. I said it earlier on stream. Yeah, so. we did, right? Yeah, Paul yeah, Robeson, so. essentially. Well, so it's yeah, we're having on Gerald Horn to speak about Paul Robinson. Um and so yeah, it'll be a pre-recorded interview because like Gerald Horn was like, "I'm not downloading shit on my phone <laughs> for you punk ass bitches," and you're like, "Yes, Doctor Horn, would you like a pre-recorded interview?" And he was like, "That's what I'll do." And so you know, that's where we're at. Uh, but uh, yeah, you know, like I'm super fucking pumped for it. Um, to deep do do a deep dive on uh yeah the revolutionary artist paul robeson but and and next week we're gonna have our uh first actual artist interview for, for colin um we'll announce it next show i guess um but uh you're gonna enjoy 
their music a lot. Um, it's 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 right in the it's right on the money uh, for what for where popular music is at. But then you'd be very surprised that like you can have radical music that actually sounds like pop, and that's going to be the kind of music that we have on next time. Yep. All right, y'all. Enjoy. Have a good night, and we'll talk to you. Peace.